Podcast Network Asia. There is a real beauty to being mixed, but there's also this kind of melancholic loneliness that I feel like I've experienced. That's Stacy Gunkaiko Adlau. She's a writer living in Los Angeles. Her mother is white of Irish descent. Her father is Filipino. I learned about Stacy when I came across a Pop Sugar article she had written on her identity as a Filipino Irish woman growing up in America. I instantly identified with her feelings of belonging neither here nor there, while both at the same time. She aims to use her writing to increase Filipino representation in American film. This is Partially Pinoy, and we are powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Stacey, welcome. The number one question I get when people find out what I am is, how did your parents meet? Mm-hmm. So I am offering that question to you. How did your parents meet? My dad actually came to the U.S. when he was around 21. He was the last of his siblings for my grandmother to bring over. He worked for PAL Airlines when he first got here. And then he got a job at the post office, which is where he met my mom's sister, she invited him to a Halloween party they were having, or somehow they both ended up at this Halloween party where they met each other. So this all happened in California. Yeah. But you're, and so your mom just happened to be living in California. She was born in Washington, but raised in Idaho. And then when she was in high school, her family moved down to the Bay Area. You were born uh, in California. And when did you start becoming aware? Because I actually, after we moved from the Philippines, we lived in Stockton for five years, which is very heavily Filipino. We lived with my father's sister and, and this is his Filipino side. You know, I think growing up in the Philippines, being mixed is very different from growing up in California and being mixed. So what was your exposure to your own mixedness in quotes? You know, like how did that even like reveal itself? I'm sure you saw your parents looking different and seeing maybe friends' parents who who didn't. So yeah, how did that come about? Growing up, I never thought of myself as mixed. It was just, you know, this is what I am. Like that's who my parents are. It didn't really start hitting me until I was in high school, I feel, and had a lot of There was a bigger Asian community, a bigger Filipino community at my high school, whereas at my grade school, it was mostly white. And so realizing that like, oh, all these people look like my father's side. And yet I didn't feel like a strong connection to them, even though I highly identified as Filipino. I really wanted to join the Filipino club, but I walked into the room and everyone kind of looked at me. And I felt like their eyes were saying, like, what are you doing here? Which I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure that's just my own, like, insecurities. And so I just, like, walked right out. I just didn't feel comfortable. I've always kind of felt like since I don't look Filipino, I don't speak the language. I don't belong there, even though, like, I so deeply wanted to belong. I think that, you know, in your writing, you said that you you can pass as white and... 
so when you're in an environment where that is your truth, but a part of you feels like someone else and others don't accept you, that can be very, very jarring. And I remember being a kid myself in the Philippines. I don't know if you know about the Filipino Christmas tradition of going door to door and singing carols. And then families give you money. It was so fun. And we would participate in this in our neighborhood. But because, you know, my parents, their first languages were different. So they spoke English to each other. So I didn't know all of the Tagalogs. I, did, I knew a lot of them, but I didn't know all of them. And at the end of the night, the friend who was in charge, she collected all, she'd collect all the money. You know, she, she took all the money out to divide it between the three of us. And she said, you didn't know all the words to all the songs. So you shouldn't get as much money <laughs> as the two of us. And it was like really intense, but I, I know exactly how you feel and wanting to be a part of it so badly, but maybe not fully being accepted because a part of you is just never going to be that. So you had this experience in high school. I know that you had that experience also of being in that group that you wrote about where people are making assumptions about Filipinos in front of you, fellow Filipino. So when did you, in your experience of being exposed to that, like when did you finally feel like you had a voice in being able to say something, you know, are you still looking for that voice right now? Yeah, that experience was actually in college. And I just remember thinking like, oh, I didn't even think that it was like directed towards me, but my friend was the one who pointed out and she was like, she didn't ask you because she doesn't think that you're Filipino. And I was like, well, do I even think I'm Filipino? Because I didn't even realize that that had happened and that she was just singling out my friend because she's, you know, has the dark skin and the Filipino features and looks Filipino. But I feel like I'm definitely still trying to like find my voice in that. I think I started finding it in high school, taking these political science classes, these Asian American studies courses in college and being around my mom's family who is white. They're like white people who, you know, they're very patriotic. They don't like the term Asian American because they think that you know, they should just be American. But then in the same breath, they'll refer to Asians as them or they and still referring to them as the other while they want them to just be American when they want them to be. But then when they refer to them, it's like, oh, they do this, they do that. So I think just inserting myself into that conversation and kind of calling it out or even just being a part of the discussion because with my mom's side and I tried to think about this did I ever feel uncomfortable with my dad's family because I was white in Filipino culture like whiteness is definitely much more accepted definitely pale skin white skin is ah, the holy grail like over there with all of the whitening creams and everything so I don't feel like in regards to me being white that I was ever like singled out by them except that they would always comment like, you need to get a tan. But with my mom's side, it, I felt like I could never be who I really was or have the ideas I had or the values I had because they would think differently of me or look down on me because I didn't agree with them because in some ways they didn't see me as being Filipino either because my mom's family, I mean, the racist stuff that comes out of their mouth is just abhorrent to me. But 
they'll say things like chink or racial slurs and in front of me because I feel like they don't think that I would be affected by it, which is so bizarre to me because my dad is Filipino, has a lot of Chinese blood in him as well. And the fact that they don't see me made me feel like, would you really still care about me or love me if you knew who I really was or how I really felt? And how, how did it make you feel? Like, first of all, that could have been happening your entire life, but maybe you didn't notice it until... It's definitely fractured the relationships I have with my mother's family. I don't really talk to them or have relationships with them like I did when I was younger because they don't have that same kind of vision of me as being who they thought I was because now they know how I feel or that I'm liberal or that I'm progressive and they're very conservative. And I feel like those things about me make them feel differently about me. And how did going through 2020, you know, with Black Lives Matter and all of this, Mm -hmm. like how, first of all, did that even come up with your family? Like, are you friends with family members on Facebook, for example? And how, how, how was the reaction (laughs) on all sides? Yeah, it's funny because I'm not really friends with them on Facebook. What is that? You don't see like their posts. So I either unfriended them because um, there was an incident actually on Facebook. It was probably, it was like right after Philando Castile was murdered in front of his kid by that cop in the car. And I posted some very like, not crazy at all what I said it was just trying to understand like how black people are feeling that they are being killed in the streets and all this stuff and my mother's family attacked me on Facebook my uncle my cousin my mom's cousin I barely know like started talking about my husband who's the sweetest person in the whole world I was like flabbergasted and I think that was the last straw for me because it was kind of like There was always this tension I felt or this uneasiness. Like I never, ever felt comfortable going to family, my mom's family's house for holidays because it was always talking about politics. And I feel like that's what bound them together and united them was like their conservatism because that's literally all that they talked about. And it would get so uncomfortable for me who, you know, doesn't have those same values, but is still very introverted and doesn't like confrontation for me to be in that environment. So, yeah. So you made the decision to uh, unfollow or hide posts. And then, so then how do you reconcile that experience with your whiteness? Because you'll always be half white and you'll always be of those people part of you will always be connected to a group of people who may have negative feelings about Filipinos. You know, I think it's the same Mm -hmm. for all mixed people, something they have to think about. So like, how do you reconcile that? Or how have you reconciled it? If you have, Yeah, I don't know if I have like my mom's side is Irish. I'm very proud to be Irish. My husband, his mom's also Irish and he has his Irish citizenship. That part of us, I feel we're so proud of, like, but we're, we, don't, we don't say like we're proud to be white. We're like, we're proud to be Irish. Like we love the culture, the people over there. So I think that's how we reconcile. <laughs> it's like, we don't identify with like white America, but as Irish people, we identify with that culture and that, and it was so funny because when we went over there, we did the 
black taxi tours in Belfast where they tell you about the troubles that happened between the Catholics and the Protestants, was, which was basically like white on white crime, but that the Catholics always supported all of the civil rights um, movements around the world, especially the black civil rights movement. And they took a lot of pointers from that movement for them. That's how we identify with our whiteness. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think that's, it's so great because it also adds a, a depth and a richness that you can really cling on to because the culture is very tangible. Exactly. Coming up, we'll learn what Stacy wishes her father had done differently in order for her to connect more fully and deeply with her culture. How do you navigate the feelings of maybe not quite belonging to Mm -hmm. either fully? Yeah, Um, I think it's something I struggle with and I'm scared that it's going to be something that I always struggle with. Um, Not looking Filipino, not fully speaking the language or understanding it is so I feel detrimental to me and how I identify and how I perceive myself because we both said we so deeply want to be accepted in the culture. This show is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, powered by Podmetrics. Podmetrics takes care of the details so we can focus on making the best content for you. Visit podmetrics.co and sign up for free. Use code partially Pinoy. If I'm not mistaken, both you and your husband are creatives. How did, if any, connection kind of bridge that path to being a creative? English was always my favorite subject. And then I just started writing screenplays, not knowing that it was actually like a job that you could have in high school and then my husband was an actor first and it's so hard to get people to read your screenplay so he was like why don't you start acting too just do everything throw your hand in all these different directions and hopefully like something will click and pick up being biracial being half filipino half white like i always have characters in every single one of my scripts or my stories that are biracial telling Filipino stories is deeply important to me and our voices. And my husband and I always talk about how Filipinos are so talented. We have so much to give to the world and I just don't know why we're so underrepresented. And so that's definitely like the dream, the goal, the heart of everything we do is to get Filipino faces out there. What are some of those stories, those Filipino stories that you're putting out there? So the script that I have out right now that's doing pretty well in the screenwriting festival or screenwriting contest is Clementine. And it's about a half black, half Filipino girl in the Philippines who is trying to, she's an Amerasian. So her father's in the military. I came up with the concept after I read, or I watched this documentary called left by the boat. It's about Amerasian children in the Philippines. They have military fathers and their 
mothers are either Filipino. I think Vietnam has a lot of them too. Filipino Amerasian children are not allowed to have citizenship unless their fathers claim them because there was a, a U.S. law passed saying that all of those children were from mothers who were prostitutes. And since that was an illegal activity, then they're basically their birth is not legal. And so they were denied their U.S citizenship unless their fathers claim them so it's about her trying to find her father finally connecting with him and then coming to the u.s and then realizing that the america that she had always dreamed of and seen in the movies is not the america that she's experiencing as a black filipino woman of color when you're mixed race at least has been my experience you never fully feel like anyone completely how do you navigate the feelings of maybe not quite belonging to mm -hmm. either fully? I think it's something I struggle with and I'm scared that it's going to be something that I always struggle with because not looking Filipino, not fully speaking the language or understanding it is so I feel detrimental to me and how I identify and how I perceive myself. Like we both said, we so deeply want to be accepted in the culture, but I remember there was this BuzzFeed video and it was about Filipino Americans pronouncing Tagalog words. And all of these Filipinos were just attacking them in the comments saying like, how dare you call yourself Filipino? You're not Filipino. You're just a brown American. Totally trashing all of these people. And I just remember speaking to like my cousins and just like how hurtful it was to us. Because it's not... I mean, I get it. Like the language is so important and that that's what I tell my dad. I'm like, dad, I do not want to not carry on our culture like you did. And I know that's not your fault because I have to see it as how I'm privileged in the way that I was born in America. I didn't have to struggle like he did coming here as an immigrant, worrying about how his accent would affect him. I feel badly in that way because I'll never have to go through what he or other immigrants who come to this country had to go through. But at the same time, like I want my children to know their culture, where they came from. I want to know my culture and where I came from. And it's not something that I don't want to continue, which is why I'm trying to teach myself and trying to understand the language. Cause I, I actually speak more of it than I understand. Like I can't understand it at all. Cause my dad never spoke it. Like it is so foreign to me. I remember very like vivid memories of him speaking Tagalog and it was only when he was talking on the phone to people to like cousins in the Philippines or when they were playing mahjong and with my husband like his family is from Sikihor and they don't speak Tagalog and they speak I think Cebuano or Visayan I they keep saying they keep intertwining those languages and so I, he, when his grandparents came over, his grandfather was actually a part of the Manong generation. Like he came here when he was like 13 and like 1912. And everyone thought that they were like snobby because they wouldn't speak to them, but they didn't speak Tagalog. So they didn't understand them. So it's not only 
the Tagalog language, but the fact that the Philippines is like an island nation of so many different languages, dialects, different cultures, like there's so many different ways to cook adobo depending on where you live. And so, I mean, it's the Philippine culture in itself, even if you're not um, mixed is so different. Yeah. And religion too. I would add religion to the list too. My dad also does not speak to me in Tagalog and I have begged him and I've, you know, I have, we have kids and I have, I've, I've said, dad, you have to speak Tagalog to our kids. So I, it, it's, he speaks English to me hundred percent. And, and sometimes like, I'll just answer in Tagalog because I, you know, I want to say something that's much easier to say in Tagalog and it'll, it'll be so confusing for him. You know, he's like, he, I don't even know that he understands, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, by now I'm saying it with an American accent, but I totally get it. I do feel lucky in that my Iranian mom lived in the Philippines for 14 years. And so she speaks Tagalog fluently. But I think it's so special. Like when interracial couples really embrace the other culture and their language and their customs and their traditions instead of being like put off by it or not fully relishing in all the beauty of the different sides. That was part of your writing that really resonated with me. Like, I, I get that. I get, you know, feeling like, wait, like I'm half Filipino. We can't, we can't talk about Filipinos in that way, like at all. Yeah, I feel like my connection to my culture is speaking with my dad, my husband, our families, and really trying to use our art to connect to our culture. Because I learned so much researching different stories or we're trying to write a horror film right now and with Filipino mythology and learning all about that. So I feel like through our films and our stories and our art, I feel like I connect more to the Filipino culture and our history and our background by learning about all these different characters and stories that I want to write about. My husband always says that he really loves like the ability that we have to see both sides and the white side and our Filipino side in that case. So you can kind of be a liaison between both worlds. And although we have a glimpse into both sides, I also feel like we're shunned from the real intimacy of the culture because of how people perceive us as not one of them. So it's such a weird dichotomy to have this sort of duality, but at the same time feel like we may be a part of neither. There is a real beauty to being mixed, but there's also this kind of melancholic loneliness that I feel like I've experienced anyway. And I feel like if people, there's so many interracial relationships, which I think is so beautiful. I really think it's going to change the world and make it better and make us all closer. And so I feel like if you're in an interracial relationship and you plan on having mixed children, I just hope that like people are open and embrace their loved one's culture and ethnicity because it really is so special to kind of have that window into another culture and their traditions that may be different from their own and i just think it's really special but because of prejudice or racism or a myriad of other 
things, um, I think that beauty isn't really relished as much as it could be. Yeah. So it's both within the relationship, accepting the other, Mm -hmm. but within both cultures, accepting. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. It's goes both ways. Yeah. I think that's so special. Partially Pinoy is a podcast network, Asia production in partnership with Bridger media in Los Angeles. Our show is developed and executive produced by Leila Jerusalem. The series is produced by Nikai Lucanias. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>